together. Well, good morning. It's just great to see you and to welcome you and to meet you um, this morning. I'm going to be looking at Psalm um, 139. So you might like to turn to that for a moment or two. I'm going to share something just for a moment or two. Verse 1, it reads, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with my ways before a word is on my tongue. You, Lord, know it, com- you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in and behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I've heard that verse quoted so much, but it's on, on the basis of God really knowing the depth of our being. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's amazing. And yet he still loves me. (laughs) In in many ways, I'm a nice person, and in some areas, I'm not a very nice person. Let me tell you, deep down, there's bits of me I know I'm still in progress. And, And yet God knows me and loves me. Isn't that amazing? This is why David the psalmist says, this is too lofty. It's just overwhelming. Um, verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, the Chinese have gone to the far side of the moon, God is there. Even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say surely, the darkness will hide me and uh, the light Become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. How about that? We've been singing about that this morning, isn't it? Your name is a light that cannot be denied. It's so scriptural and biblical. Uh, The night will shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. How about that? In itself, it's, it's amazing. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David was a man who knew something of an intimate relationship with the wonders of God. How amazing. That's my desire, uh, to know him in that way. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know, we're not accident, and nothing's by accident, and God will see you through. I don't know if this morning your life hasn't gone the way you'd hoped. You're not the person that you'd hope you want to be. Things aren't turning out, but you know, God truly knows you and has got good plans for you and I. Hold on to him. We're going to look at that this morning. How vast is the sum of them were I to count them? They could outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hesitate? Do I not hate, rather, those who hate you, Lord? And abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And this is the bit that, although this is an amazing and a beautiful psalm where we could spend a long time, this is the bit that I'm going to concentrate on this morning. Three phrases 
in the next few moments. And it's found in verses 23 to 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me. And then he says, and lead me in the way everlasting. And lead me in the way everlasting. Heart for God is what I want to look at over the next, um, yeah, the next few moments. Uh, one of the things I've been saying is I'm not necessarily an advocate uh, for New Year's um, resolutions. I, by, by the way, I would say this. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, but last Sunday night, Pastor Andrew shared a brilliant message about the New Year on um, the idea of uh, how you start the day is important or not, if not more important than how you start a new year. Have a listen to that. It was brilliant. Andrew really shared something which, which would be great. I encourage you to listen to. You can get it on our website, download it, listen to it for free. Also, you can go on our Facebook page and there's a link that we've been sharing. But it, it really was a great sort of start to the new year. And I, I sort of want to do something similar uh, this morning for a moment or two. But as I said, I'm not necessarily a good big advocate on resolutions, but I, I do understand that... Um, in my life and life and in our lives and in the life of people, um, we have hurts. I don't know about you, but I have my own life to deal with at times. And there's things that have got to me as the years gone by and, and in my walk of life. And so there can be hurts. Um, it, I, I might not be speaking about you, but if, if you get to know me after a while, you'll know my hang-ups. you know my foibles. You'll know stuff about me. You will get to know me. I'm, I, I'm seeking to be changed from glory to glory by God. But it, you, for you and me, we have hurts over the course of it. We've got hang-ups. We've got foibles. There's things and habits that we have. Um, habits, uh, you know, um, uh, there'll be rough edges from the knocks of life. Um, if you're human, we, we, we brush up against stuff. Stuff bashes into me. People, things, circumstance, um, you know, work. A, a, a boss, maybe the circumstance of life hasn't happened in the last months or even in the last year or the last number of years in your life as you'd hoped. Uh, sometimes in church life, things don't go the way we, we hope, even in church, you know, in your married life, in, in, with our children. And, and you know, when, we, when, we bump, when things bump into us, uh, we can get chipped a bit. We've got a little dog that is gnawing everything in our house. There's no chips. And some things in life gnaw away at you and me. Um, so although I'm not a big advocate of like resolutions, I, I sort of understand there's something I need to do from time to time, and I want to talk about that. Um, and I think beginning of a new year, or, or, or points in the year, but particularly the new year, is a great opportunity. It's not the only time, but it, I do understand this now, that it is an opportunity to take stock. I do this from time to time, but the beginning of a year, while everybody's talking about resolutions, uh, I try and take stock, and for me, I look to refocus. And although you won't hear me bash on about resolutions, I'm always looking, and I find the new year is an opportunity to refocus. So this morning, I want to talk about, for a moment or two, refocusing for a moment. And um, I, I find this really helpful and uh, a challenge in my own life, and I've seen it in the lives of others, that there's an opportunity to focus and refocus, to allow God to work on my rough edges, the chips and the knocks. Because if you don't watch out, and if I haven't, uh, let me tell you about my life. I, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and when you, you get to know me a bit more. But 
um, at, a, at a quite a young age, I had a chip on my shoulder. At about 18, the period of 18 to 20, before I became a Christian at 20, but from 18 to 20, there was a period of my life, I won't go into detail, where I was heading for a major chip on the shoulder. I was wound up and unforgiving and angry about something in my own life. And when I became a Christian, God began to work in my life in a most dramatic and remarkable way. But I find in my life there are rough edges where I get knocked and chipped or gnawed. And uh, I just need a moment to refocus, to retune, to allow my heart to focus on God in a way that really touches my heart. And that's what I want to speak about this morning, having a heart for God. Look, a time to refocus. And... Um, and in that realignment, uh, well, I, would, I would call it like a realignment. Uh, you may say refocus. Well, I want to talk about maybe also re- realigning my heart and you an opportunity to realign your heart perhaps. Because um, I, I understand that I really do need to realign my heart because of the hurts, because of the hang-ups, because of habits, because of the rough edges, because of the, the knocks of life. Uh, I, I, I need to come and re- renew be restored, refreshed, refocus, realign. And, and that is ongoing, but the new year provides an amazing opportunity to be intentional about that. And uh, the realignment of my heart, I need it because, as I said, life knocks, they chip away, I can end up with a chip on my shoulder. My heart is pulled in many directions. I, you know, today I speak to people about life and, uh, because I'm con- I care and I'm concerned. You know, I, I don't, I'm not just doing a newsy if I say, how's your week? People ask me about my week I want to talk about. Uh, and, and as I speak to people, I, I hear and I find that we're pulled. And across the year, you can be pulled from pillar to post with things in life and home and, and, and good things happening in your life can pull us in a direction. Bad things that happen in life can pull us down in another direction. And before you know it, we're pulled here and there. And um, we can feel spiritually, emotionally disheveled. It's a word, isn't it? Disheveled. Ruffled, pulled through a hedge backwards. And uh, when my heart is pulled in many directions, it's at that point that I need to realign. And for me, I'm intentional about that because I realize how far I've been pulled off course. Uh, You've heard it said, I've heard it said that, you know, we're we're not far from East Midlands Airport. If you go on a a short haul or particularly a long haul flight, if that aircraft, if it's sat navigation, if its computer is out by just programmed into the course that it's going to take. You know, the pilot isn't running on a wing and a prayer. Thank the Lord for that. He's not flying there saying, oh, to the right a little bit. Oh, oh, you know, we're flying to Hong Kong. It's somewhere over there. And it's, it's, all, gui- it's all absolutely you know, GPS guided to the exact degree. And if you and I, are, and, and so even in storms, it's pulled, but drawn back. But if, if there's anything wrong in the program or a failure by even a, a half a degree on that long haul flight, We'll end off miles off course. So I think of my life and your life when we're pulled, we're pulled down, we're pulled away, we're pulled sideways. Life, we're chipped, we're knocked, we're bashed. Uh, we've got things that are on our minds and our hearts. We can be pulled. And we can end up not in the place that God really wants us. I'm talking about walking with him, with our hearts, in our relationship with him. Uh, and as I speak this morning, it's not necessarily physically, but heart spiritually and emotionally and that's 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 what i want to really sort of get at and i feel god speak in my own heart so my resolve and my resolution 
this year is to refocus my heart. Let's refocus, let's realign. And you know, David is a man attributed as a heart after God. Heart after God's own heart. If you read anything in the Bible, uh, in Samuel and the Psalms, uh, particularly in Samuel, David is accredited with having a heart after God's own heart. A heart in tune with God, in other words. A heart for God, with God, and in God. David possessed a really, in, in Old Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, we've got this heart relationship, which is incredible. But King David had this amazing, intimate relationship with God. That's why the Psalms of David are amazing to read. I recommend that if you're, your heart is wandering, if you're bruised, you're broken, you're, you don't know where to turn and where you're going, read the Psalms. Songs of deliverance, poems of deliverance, as David bears his heart, shares his heart, yearns with his heart. Uh, I love the writings of David. I love the story of King David. And so, um, so it's interesting in the psalm that we've just read, uh, Psalm 139, um, there are three things that I want to pick up on from in verses uh, 23 to 24 that will help you and I realign. And they're these. He says, search me, test me, Lead me. Three phrases. Search me. Test me. Lead me. And they're three, I would say they're simple, but they're life-changing and deep things whereby you and I can refocus, be intentional about realigning marriage, home, heart, life in God, with God, bearing our heart before God. And uh, beautifully, it comes from King David. So uh, he says there... Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I'm going to speak about anxious thoughts in a moment or two. And see if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's a progression there. Beautiful, amazing words. So, first of all, moving on quickly. Search me. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. That's an interesting thing. For David to say, search me, God, and know my heart. I mean, I don't know about you, but I understand God to be all-knowing. God is all-knowing. I mean, but yet David says, search me, God. He doesn't, does he need to find out something about me? Do, does he? I looked at this and I thought about it again. Do, do you really need to find out something about me, Lord? When David says, search me, oh God, what's he doing? Why does he say that? So he knows. Yeah. When David says, search me, O God, he's on an an intimate, relational journey of experiential knowledge and discovery. That's a bit of a mouthful, but it's exactly. God knows everything about me. When When David talks and he writes in the Psalms and he sings the songs, it's a, a relational refocus. Oh, my word. How amazing is that? God calls, and David's calling out and being intentional in a relational refocus of life and heart with the living God. And so when he says, search me, O God, he wants to partner with God to yield, to submit, to let God shine a spotlight on the areas of his life so that comes into David's awareness and knowledge. You know, when someone says to you, you got this, you've done that, it, 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 I don't know about you, but it winds me up. If somebody says, you, you've got to do, you've got to do that, I find with people, if, if I say this, say that to somebody, they go, they get very angry with me and say, well, you can't say that to me. But when God puts his finger on the pulse, 
When the Holy Spirit shines a spotlight on my life, it's amazing. The next question is, what are you going to do with that? But when David says, search me, there's something about being intentional, having a yielded, open heart that wants to go on a, a refocusing relational journey. And this is what David is saying. Um, I read in, in Romans chapter 8, coming into the New Testament, because we are living in the New Covenant, okay? Uh, and this is spectacular that David discovers this in an era before the New Covenant, before Jesus. It's incredible. What a man. Um, but in, the, in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, we read this. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God searching, the Holy Spirit searching, God knowing, and God helping. You know, when, when, when God, when, when, when God shines his spotlight, it's not to say, you, I've been telling you for years, you fool, whack, get on with it. It's not like that. He searches, and then it says, the Holy Spirit says in Romans eight twenty seven, the Spirit intercedes for God's people. He's a great helper. Isn't that amazing? And so David is saying, search me, because he's discovered in this beautiful love relationship that God is going to show him and walk with him, lift him, and encourage him to do something about it. And in you and me, there's a chip, there's a break, there's a habit, there's a foible, there's something in me over this last year where my heart, again and again, throughout the Old Testament, um, the, the people of Israel were encouraged not to harden their hearts, not to ho- foster an unbelieving heart. And the same for you and I. We're, to, we're encouraged not to let our hearts become hard. Your heart is hard when you hear and then you don't do anything with it. We've been looking at that in James. And it's so easy to become hardened. You know, when, when land is parched in a desert environment, it can rain, flash flood, it runs off. And it's just as hard afterwards. And we can be in revival meeting after revival meeting that you like. Uh, but the, it will run. The spirit will run. God won't touch. And so David says, search. Now, search digs. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for God to search me, challenges me, and shows me, but then will help me. Doesn't show you uh, that you can do something about this. God will help you. Uh, and so for David, I, I don't know about you, but the, the, the sort of experience of this is it's a refocusing relational journey. And my experience of God in putting the spotlight on me is very often in worship. So this morning as I worship and I truly open my heart to him, often I'll feel the Holy Spirit touch areas of my attitude, areas of my unforgiveness and speak into my heart in the midst of the worship. In this morning, I felt God speaking into my heart about certain things. And I wasn't thinking about that. But as he began to search me, I opened my heart and said, this is my heart. Open the doors of my life. And, um, and it's like that. Uh, in, in, in when I read at times, not every time, but when I read at times the word of God and I open my heart, um, it, he will put his finger on the pulse and say, this is you, Adrian. Let's do something about this. Search me, O oh God. It's the, it's, it's, it's the door, as it were, to uh, renewal, refocus, heart change. Um, him smoothing off the rough edge. Are you being knocked? 
this year or this last year, some of the things that you'd hoped for not happened. Circumstance, are you hurt? Search me. Refocus. Holy Spirit, you, you know all, and yet you intercede for me. You want to walk with me. Second thing he says is this. Uh, and we're going to respond in a few moments at the end. Test me. Test my anxious thoughts. Um, interesting word there, the translation, depending on which translation you're reading from. Test my anxious thoughts. Um, I've come to understand in, in 2 Corinthians, it's, Paul speaks of the weapons of our warfare, a mighty in God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Lots of people quote that verse in, in spiritual warfare, and, and rightly so. Um, but also it goes on to talk about their thoughts, presumptions that hold themselves up against the knowledge of God. And a lot of the strongholds there is of the mind, of attitude, and thought life. That's a th- now, it's, that's interesting. It, it is in warfare, and there are spiritual strongholds in the atmosphere. I, I don't doubt that. But that's the context of those verses. Now, I come to understand that a stronghold is a fortress of thoughts and feelings. So when Paul speaks of a stronghold, a stronghold is a fortress of thoughts and feelings. Have you got some, some things that you just can't get out of your head? Have you got a certain line of thinking that you find yourself always following? So why, does, why are some habits so addictive? It's a fortress of thoughts and feelings. Nothing gets in and nothing gets out. It's a bit like Jericho. Strongholds have to be pulled down. They're pulled down with the transforming power of the word of God and the spirit of God. And um, it's interesting. I, I won't make a big theology about this, but Jesus was crucified at Golgotha. Golgotha's are called uh, perhaps the place of the skull. It's an interesting one, because maybe the shape of the hill and the way it looked like a skull, but the skull is the place that houses the brain where we have our thoughts. It's an interesting one. I'm not making a big theological statement on that, but I find it quite incredible uh, that that is the case. And, and so David says, search my anxious, test my anxious thoughts. Um, the way we think affects and interacts with the way we feel and um, can affect our actions. That's why there is a a certain counselling technique called cognitive behavioural theory. If you go to NHS, they often offer cognitive behavioural theory. Cognition is thinking, behaving is acting. So thinking and feeling and acting, it's, it's a part of life. Now it's interesting that David says, test my thinking and feeling and the way I act, my anxious. But then he says, my anxious thoughts. Um, It's not wrong to be anxious, by the way. It's not wrong to be disillusioned. It's not wrong to to question. But he's he's asking God to test that. Now, what does that? We'll have a look at what that means. Because it's so important. The way I think affects the way I feel. The way I feel affects the way I think. It's a vicious cycle. And it will also come out in the way I act. And this is why some people get in destructive, negative, destructive ways of thinking. And then it comes out in our acting. You know, there's a devilish strategy. The devil is a, a spiritual being, a person. He's not just a bad influence. He's not the force. Uh, he, he is a malevolent spiritual being, and the devilish strategy is to constrain and contain and limit and work within the limitations of limited thinking, as well as limiting and constraining us. Uh, it's really powerful. Uh, the battleground of the mind is really interesting. And so through the strategy of, of devilish strategy is containment, constraint, limitation, limited thinking. 
oh, that'll never work. It's not wrong to say, oh, that'll never work. It's not wrong to do that. But if we just stick with that, we'll never attempt to achieve anything. So we've got to somehow step out. I mean, that's a, a bit of a simplistic uh, illustration, but that's the gist of what I'm saying. And um, so he says, test me in, 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 the, in, these, in, the, in this thinking. Test me, because I'm sure there were times when David said, I'll never be king. Saul is going to kill me. Saul's got me. I'm stuck in a cave. I'm absolutely, my guts are wrenched. My gut wrenching. I'm that anxious. It's that bad. Um, you know. And um, so he says, test me in this. Um, to test, it's interesting. There's something called a stress test. It's interesting that David talks about testing anxious thinking. I, I'm, not, I'm not too engineering, but stress test, um, in, in, in the sort of the term of engineering and, and fabrication and production, uh, it, it tests the strength of a material. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's put under pressure. It weights are applied to it. The heat is, is, is uh, fired at it. Um, you know, the wind, through a wind tunnel or something. There's a stress test, okay? And, and that, that's to test the strength of the material, the productiveness of the material, uh, its durability. Now, it's interesting that David is saying, test me. There's a stress test of, of our thinking to, to, uh, where God will, will, will come and, and look at the strength, uh, the durability. You know, with, with our muscles, we're to tense them. That's why the people wear these Fitbit thingies to say, buzz every now and again and saying, you know, do you want to get up and walk again? And it's, no, I've done, no, I don't want to do any more right now. And it goes buzz, buzz again. You can have to switch that off. But it, it, it's the idea is to get you moving. It, it's to, it's to, to, to get tensed, get the muscles. Which, when, it's, when our muscles are tensed or stressed, there's growth. That's how people push weights. They move us. That's a big stress test. If ever there was a stress test, it's running on a running machine or whatever people do. Uh, you can, I don't do that, but um, it's not wrong, by the way. It's great if that's what you want to do. Uh, we, we, uh, I, I... And my wife now begin to, we walk a dog quite a lot, so that, that's something that's beginning to happen a bit more. But we, 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 we grow when we're tested. Our muscles are tested. Our faith is tested. That's, otherwise, it, it, it's never going to grow. But the test can hurt. We can go, ouch, at times. But, you know. And um, God's stress test is, is this real? Is this thinking real, Adrian? Um, is it productive? No, Lord, I'm having a moan. Well, is it productive? No, I'm having a moan. Well, you're entitled to a moan, but is it productive? I think you can see where I'm coming from. And uh, is it valid? Is it helpful? Is it rational? Uh, is it faithful? Is it kingdom building? God's stress test. He will, I don't know, but the Holy Spirit will bring that to you when we say test me. I can't, I, I can't tell you. But the, as, as you, the Holy Spirit will say to you, is this really kingdom building in your life? Is, is, is saying that, doing that, thinking that going to help other people, your church, your family, your home? It, that's test me, oh God, in this anxious thinking. It's not wrong to be anxious. It's not wrong to be negative. But God can help us apply the stress test. That's the Holy Spirit. It, interesting, in Romans 12... Um, right, moving on. Romans 12... Verse 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. You'll know it well. Then there's a but, there's a hinge. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that amazing? You'll be able then to test and approve the will of God. That's, that's how we'll know a peaceful place. When our mind gets renewed, 
He then says, you'll be able to test and approve the will of God. When it's all going wrong, it's all pear-shaped, we're in a dark place. The transforming power of the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the love of God, the hope of God, begins to give you an inner peace. So where's your focus this morning, I would like to ask you? What grabs our mind, grabs our heart. Whatever grabs your mind will grab your heart. Whatever line of thinking, uh, I, 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 go, I sometimes, you, we go on a trip of, of certain thinking, negative thinking. Why? What? Yeah. And it's not wrong, but now we've got to get back. We've got to get back to a focus. We've got to get back on track. We've got to realign. And David did this. This is how David realigned. He found himself. In Isaiah verse 26, verse 3, you will keep, this is from the New King James, you will keep him in perfect peace. It's him or her. But you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Peace comes from focus. The mind that is stayed on God. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You know, lay hold of that. Finally, and I want to be in that place of, of knowing God. And lead me. David then says, lead me. Search me, O God. Test me. Lead me. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, come, follow me. The journey, the walk, um, follow me. Uh, before we can truly lead our lives, we need to be led by him. Lead your life. I mean, you live your life. Before you can truly, I'd say this, before I can truly lead my life, and I'm not talking about leading church now. Lead means conduct, live out my life, family, home, job, attitude, finance, life, decisions. Before I can, you and I can truly lead, conduct, live out our lives, we need to be led by him, truly led by him. Now, I would say yes to that, and I'm sure you would, and amen to that, but do you know something? We live in an independent age more than we've ever known. The age in which we live is much more me, my, and I. And so we can say, I'm being led by you. I want to be led by you. We sing the song, I have decided, you know, the, 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 the renewed Hillsong version, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. No turning back. It's a great song to sing. But before we can truly lead our lives, live out our lives, we have to be led by him. How are we led by him? Well, there's something to give up. There's something to pick up. And we're called then not to give up. Something to give up our way. We have to give up our way. That's easier said than done. Splits in church, in any church, have been when people said, it's my way, this way, that way, that's not right. Breakups in life and relationship, work, home, children, marriage. There's something to give up. There's something to let go of. And so Jesus said, follow me. So we have to give up our way, my way. I've got to give up my way. Then there's the second thing, there's something to pick up. That's his way. So Jesus said, pick up your cross. Pick up my way. So we've got to let go of something, but then we've got to pick up something. And that's his way. And I, I, this is the challenge uh, you can't, if you're holding on to your way, it's quite a challenge to then pick up his way because our hands are full of stuff. And that's the challenge that you and I face today. If we're holding on to our stuff, how are we going to pick up his way? We've got to let go of stuff, me, and then pick up what he has for me. And only you'll know that. And then finally, after saying at the beginning, we've got to give up something, I'm now going to say, you're called not to give up to endure, to continue, to persevere. We live in an age that's, if it doesn't work, get another one. 
If that don't work, get another one then. If it doesn't, then go here and get that. You can go and do this. And that's, there's something about, you know, perseverance. And Jesus, in, in Psalm 23, uh, the shepherd wants to lead. We say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's for life. It's not just for a funeral service. And you know that, I know. But um, the Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd wants to lead. He knows you by name, but we also have to hear his voice. That's a challenge, isn't it? When it's a dark moment, when everything else is screaming out. That's why we need to realign. I need to realign and refocus. Do you know something? Even if it's in a dark place or a shadow, if it's his way and he's leading the way, he'll be with you and me. We'll come through. He leads me to good pasture. Even though, yay, love the old translate, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I'll fear no evil. If God, and this is the thing about before I can lead my life, I've got to be led by him. It's so beautiful. And so he says, lead me in paths that are everlasting. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You call us, uh, we say, search me, that you may test my heart, know my heart. Test me and my anxious thoughts. Lead me in paths that are, is a path that's everlasting. And this year, Lord, that we seek to realign, take a moment to just refocus. Maybe that's something we do continually as Christians, but we just want to take this moment to do that and say that we love you want to give our lives to you we're going to open up our hearts to you i pray father god anyone that's hurt this morning anyone that feels abandoned anyone that feels disillusioned as you search them and you point your light into an area as you begin to test and is this productive this thinking is this really going to help build your life and kingdom as you then begin to speak into their hearts you're going to lead them as a good shepherd through and outside of that dark place into a good pasture. I just pray for people gathered here right now, people that we love that maybe not here, that are looking for that good place. Dear shepherd, lead me, lead us into the path, along the path that's everlasting, outside of the sickness and through and on the other side, the hurt, the pain, the circumstance. Lead me. Lead us. I pray for marriages, families, homes, individuals, people who are feeling ill right now, worried, the, those that have had a year that's been in a dark place. I just pray that they'll be so conscious of you being with them. Just as David had this beautiful love relationship, may, may, may you just, may people know that they know, hey, you know what? Even though it's dark, you're here. Hey, you know what? Even though it's a dark place, God's called me to this. God's called me. Let, let us know that, Father God. Let us know that individually and as a church and as individuals, Father, we pray in the wonderful and beautiful name of Jesus we ask. <coughs> Amen. Let's, let's um, perhaps if the worship team could come. We're going to sing together as we close um, this morning. And if we could sing that, you know, I've decided to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. And, and let's, let's lay our hearts on the line, as it were. I'm sure that for, for many of us, that's exactly what you've been doing this last year. There have been things that we thought, God, I'm going to give you. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. I give you my life, you know, afresh. 
this morning and so that God may search us, test us, but not be found wanting, but find his, his help in his strength and that he might lead us the Holy Spirit intercede then and he might lead us into a good path good place as individuals as couples as families as, as, as a church you know that we want to follow his path that is, leads to everlasting and this year as we realign our hearts say come Lord take my heart take my life let's declare that over our lives should we stand together